Hey, KU fans, welcome back to the KU Sports Hour here at KUSports.com. That's Zach Boyer waving to you. You've heard and seen me way too long for me to wave to you. Zach's got that youthful exuberance still. And the glow. It's yeah, radiant. Look, look how excited <laughs> he is. He's lost 40 pounds in just beard and hair. Maybe the last time we recorded. So if you don't recognize him, then then you know, take a minute, take a breath, and, and familiarize yourself with him. Hopefully, you've been reading. Uh, all of his great work. He, he's been doing a fabulous job since he joined us, what, in January now? Is that right? January. Yep. Yep. Pretty wild, man. It, time flies and uh, you've packed it, a It was lot so in. long ago, actually, that USC and UCLA were in the Pac-12. Oh, my gosh. How long has that I mean, been? That's just tremendous to think about. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> I think we should talk about that then. I mean, there's 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 been a lot happening since the last one of these. And part of that's been some vacations for both of us and just catching our breath a little bit, but there is no catching your breath when it comes to conference realignment. We now know that we've known that for a decade or so now mm -hmm. USC and UCLA headed to the big 10. It, it still doesn't sound right. I don't know about you, Zach, but it just, it still doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It feels weird. It, it, it yeah. always will. But I think the quickest thing you can do to make it feel normal is just realize there is no normal anymore. It, it, right. Well, that's good. Right. right. I mean, I mean, if you want to hold your ideas of college sports to these geographic boundaries, I mean, they clearly for the past decade haven't existed. And now you're going to have UCLA at Rutgers for a Big Ten something or other. And it's just if that doesn't jar your mind and thought process, then I don't know at this point what will. Yeah, I had I had someone hit me on Twitter and say something to the, to the effect of, you know, it's, this isn't all about money. And I mean, I, as kindly as I could, wrote him back and said, I hate to tell you this, but <laughs> for the people that matter now. and the people who are making these decisions, it is only about money. Yep. And we've known that. I mean, people have yep. known that for a long time. This is this should not be new. I, I understand that there is a, a, a period of acceptance that has to take place and, and maybe never takes place for some people. But this is not new. So what what what's interesting is how it evolves how it changes how it how it heats up and then cools down and then heats up and, and i think that's probably just a product of the world we live in now right like if if conference realignment were all the rage in the 1970s you didn't have twitter you didn't have social media you didn't have all this crap that you can just throw out there and and anybody can can go crazy with a rumor or, or speculation or mm -hmm. even just conversation and debate. I mean, it doesn't even have to be somebody just throwing crap out there. I mean, it could just be random people getting heated about, about this, that, or the other, you know, and, and uh, you know, if that didn't happen or if that existed back then, it, it probably would have been very similar to today. But, but so I do think it's a product of, of the time we're living in. Um, I'll yeah, imagine if, if back in 1991, the place was going wild with Penn State to the Big Ten and Miami and Virginia Tech and all these teams joining this thing called the Big East, right? Right, <laughs> right. It's a little bit of a, you know, that's that's kind of the forgotten round of realignment that really formed these modern conferences, you know, the Big Eight and the Southwest Conference, you know, like you look at these things and these these conglomerations, you know, this would have been wild even back then. And, and yeah. things have gotten a little bit more tame. That's just it, right? They, there was no tag. It, when the big 12 was formed in what 1997 or 96 i guess yeah um you know i mean like that was conference realignment very much yep. so one conference disappeared a pretty proud and, and traditional conference 
and the other ate it up. And, and, yeah. and here we are today watching that potentially unfold. We, we don't know. Obviously, um, there are very few people who do know. And, and I think that's why it's hard to, to get credible information. I think that's why it's hard to get any information, because what's going to happen probably hasn't been decided yet. I think I think it's remarkable that both the Texas and Oklahoma defection and this one were as quiet as they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that, that, you know, like whether you well, this wanted- one was open and shut within a day, right? Yeah, there were right. The, the, their original report came out that morning, and then by seven p.m., everything had been signed and sealed and moved on with. I mean, that's you know, what's the? You don't see those things happen that way. No, and it sets the stage for some unrealistic mm-hmm. expectations too, right? Like the Big Twelve is very clearly open to expansion right now, mm-hmm. but because that one seemingly happened so quickly. Everybody's like, well, get it done. Well, yep. it, it, it's not that easy. And I, I think before we go any, any further here, I, I, it is important, especially for our viewing audience, to remind them that this isn't about Kansas. Kansas is in a good spot. I've written that. Um, I, I think Kansas's future looks good. I think whether that's in a revamped, expanded Big 12 or you know, possibly a, another landing spot, which I just don't see as much anymore their options are so much better than they were in the previous rounds of realignment. There's always the mountain West. There you go. That was, see, that was one <laughs> of the previous rounds, right? That, that was very real and very scary. So, uh, you know, I think KU is in a really good position. Uh, things can change overnight. We see that all the time now, but I do think KU is in a really good position. Having said that, it's not as if Doug Gerard or Travis Goff or Bill Self even can go out there and just start making things happen. I mean, mm-hmm you know, those people are players and they are important parts of the equation and, and they will continue to move forward with, with Kansas's best interest in mind and, and behind every act they take and every conversation they have. But this isn't a Kansas thing because Kansas doesn't control the Big 12. Kansas can't call its own shot uh, the way a, t- a program or a university like Notre Dame can. And, and, once you understand that, I mean, I think it becomes a lot easier. I was talking to Dennis Dodd the other day on the phone and Dennis, Dennis is running crazy. I mean, he, he has to cover his national guy, right? So he hears a rumor about the PAC 12. He's got to go track that down and see if it's worth writing about or worth anything. Then he's got to figure out what the big Ten's going. And of course he has sources that, that go back decades, you know, but still he's chasing his tail and running around like crazy. And I was explaining to him that I don't envy him. I don't at all. I mean, our focus in covering this thing, and and you can call it a mess, is very much singular. It's Kansas and to some degree the Big 12. But beyond that, I mean, I, I'm not going to break news about what's happening in the ACC. I, I, I mean, that's just not not our lane. So because of that, you know, it, it, it may seem a little quiet, but I, I think that's important to remind people that Kansas is – is, is a part of this and, and could benefit from it in a lot of ways. But the idea that Kansas is the new Texas and is, is the heavyweight in what's left of the Big 12 and they can just throw their weight around, it, that's just not a thing. Number one, it's not how they operate. Number two, it, it's not how they want to operate. And number three, that doesn't work. You don't <laughs> make friends doing that. And Kansas is about making friends and, and having good partnerships with with you know, as many of these good programs as they can and, and, and always has been. Having said that, if KU got an invitation to the Big Ten tonight, 
they would go. They would go and it would be done tonight. I mean, that's anybody in this in this climate would would take that invitation and jump because that is where you want to be, the Big Ten or the SEC. So all of that said about partnership and, and not throwing their weight around and all that. That doesn't mean that KU would operate in a foolish manner moving forward. They would take that opportunity and jump at it if it were to come. I don't think it's going to. I certainly don't think it's going to anytime soon. I don't know that it ever will. Um, if you'd asked me six months ago, I'd have said the chances were, were maybe decent even. Uh, what I've learned in the last few weeks, I just it just doesn't seem like it's there. So having said all of that, you know, there's a, there's a lot still to talk about and there's a lot for Kansas to still pay attention to. What, what's the number one thing from your perspective, Zach, that, that you think should matter to KU and, and obviously to KU fans right now? I think it's just a matter of the stability, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you want to have some kind of guarantee that what you've been building for 10, 20, 30, 40 and plus years as an athletic program, as an identity is going to be preserved. And if that's going to be in the Big Ten, great. If that's going to be in the Big 12, great. But you need to be looking for the opportunity for the program you love to be able to survive and thrive in the way that it's been known to do. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think the people who are paying attention to this, who are solely invested in the Jayhawks, but don't really know or care about the rest of the college landscape, just has to be aware or focused on the idea that that program needs to continue to be viable because we've seen what happens to the also rands in the past. We've seen how realignment can, can lose schools and, and drop them and, and the interest wanes. Um, you know, we've seen uh, when we talk about the, the creation of the big 12, you know, look what happened to Houston. Look what happened to SMU, SMU kind of lurking variables with its own self-inflicted problems. But those right. are programs that had, massive followings and had success and you think about the 80s and the final four with houston and that's all it took i mean what 30 years for houston to get back to some semblance of that stage in hoops so what you want if you're a kansas fan is for the program to continue to find a way toward viability sustainability and respect and regardless of whether that's in a different conference or in the big 12 that needs to be the priority for that athletic department through all of these swirling winds. Yeah. Well said. I think that's dead on. I mean, I think that's, that's why I think they're in a better position than they were because the big 12 does not seem to be mm -hmm. at, at, in jeopardy here. I mean, it, it, and it was in each of the other rounds of realignment, it was, it was this close a couple of times to ceasing to exist. And mm -hmm. now it is a pretty strong conference. They feel really good. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough either. They feel really good about the four teams that they brought in once Oklahoma yep. and Texas announced they were leaving. Um, they like the long-term potential. They like the immediate bump. Um, obviously, their their television partners do as well. Uh, I, I think there's more money to be made than, than people might realize. Um, of course, losing Oklahoma and Texas is not ideal. There's no doubt. But um, they, they landed on their feet after that right way more way more than than you can envision the pac-12 landing on its feet i mean it would take a total raid right now by the pac-12 to land on its feet the same way by landing yep. programs like cincinnati houston uh byu and central florida i mean yep. and and it, it they just seem so vulnerable out there and that's why you're hearing about this 
coastal alliance, right? The Pac-12 and the ACC and the alliance there. I wrote this too, man. I mean, like, I think everything is worth exploring right now. So it makes perfect sense to me that they would have that conversation. It doesn't make sense to me that that would be deemed an answer or a good answer, you know? And so I, I don't think we'll see that. Um, could, could the PAC 12 make a play for, for these big 12 schools? Sure. But from what I can tell and from everything I've heard from people I've talked to, the big 12 is as tight and united as ever right now. So they are not vulnerable. They are, this is not a, a group that feels like they have to jump off the sinking ship and, and, and beg for survival. This is a group that's sitting here going, I think we can strengthen our brand. We don't need to go with you, you know, and, yep. and so on and so on and so on. Right. So I, I, I do think that that's, you know, that's one of the most important things here is that, that it's about perception to some degree, but you know, perception is reality. And the stronger you can present your, your stance in this climate, the, the better off you're going to be. It is not even within the realm of possibility for another conference to even pretend to try to compete with the SEC or the Big Ten moving forward. Um, can they compete on the field? Sure. I mean, you, you know, any given year could, could, you know, Kansas basketball or Iowa State football or, or whoever, Oklahoma State football, beat anyone in either of those conferences. Of course it can. But from the financial aspect of this, now, you know, that, that, that ship has sailed. You are no longer trying to say, well, we're right there with those two, which has been the case over the last decade, really. Um, you, you let them go. You have to. You, you cannot look at this thing and, and, and even remotely hope that you can keep up because you won't. And all you'll do is be setting yourself up for disappointment. So it's a, it's a race for third. And I still, I mean, as much as this continues to drag on and kind of find pockets of it's really hot and crazy and it's really quiet, I still think the Big 12 is in as good a shape as anybody to position itself to be that third conference and, and therefore really the first conference of that second tier at that point. And that's not the worst spot to be in at all. And we're about to find that out, right? I mean, the, the Big 12 media rights deal expires on, on June 30, 2025. So they're in a position now where they're going to find out how united they are, what their future is, what, how much that money, how much that disbursement is coming to each of these schools. And that's going to happen pretty quickly. That's why the PAC 12 is in a lot of these situations now because it's media rights deal expires in summer 2024, which is why USC and UCLA can get out real quick, but you're about to find out how much the financials matter, how much that cohesion matters, how much that togetherness matters once these negotiations start to take place. And that's also with the new commissioner coming in, Brett Yormark, uh, formerly of Rock Nation in the, in the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to come in starting his job August 1st. He'll be introduced at the Big 12 Media Days in, in Arlington at AT&T Stadium on Wednesday. Um, you're going to find out real fast exactly what the Big 12 is going to be worth because it's going to be pushing for top dollar, and we'll see if ESPN or somebody else comes back around to to negotiate that side of it, those, those, that market rate is going to really quickly determine how much the big 12 is valuable as a property. No doubt. And that's what's happening, right? I mean, when they mm -hmm. are looking at expansion and, and they're look, everybody's talking about this coast to coast, uh, heavy hitters, chancellors and presidents, ADs, coaches, whatever, everybody's talking about this. So, so 
when they're looking at that, when, when you hear the talk about Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, it's not just a numbers game. It's not just, well, we want to have more teams. Of course, that's not the case. It's about do those schools that you could potentially add, add enough value to make it worth expanding. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it's also not an easy thing because, I, I, as I say, it's that simple. And then I say it's not easy, you know, there, there you go. <laughs> um, but, but, but that's why it's not easy to just push the expand button, like the staples, the red staples button, you know, <laughs> the easy you button. Yeah. don't just push that and say, okay, we'll take you because there, there's, there's a series of steps that you have to go through here. Um, a lot of them tied to financials, like you said, and, and, and some of it is, is known and, and current um, this university and, and this football program, let's call it what it is. This football program is worth X amount in in this valuation of of you know added or expansion or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then that's what you know now you also have to project that into the future and say well here's the you know the arrow like look at the kansas football arrow right i mean the kansas is flatline it's been a flatline for years now and it it is finally pointed up they're not where they need to be they're not where they want to be um, there's some vulnerability there because of the football program, but at least they can stand in front of people and say, we have the right guy and maybe even guys, if, if you throw golf into that and, and we believe that we're headed in the right direction mm-hmm. and, and there's enough that happened in one year, a small sample size, but there's enough there for other people to not laugh KU out of the room when right. they say that. And, and that's, that's substantial to me, but, but, but I think that's the most important thing to remember is this is not just about adding for the sake of logos look cool on a t-shirt, you know, and I don't think many people think that's the case, but, but you do have to do a serious deep dive on the value that you're adding and not just, well, it sounds good or, or it would make good travel partners, or it would be good geographically for our footprint or whatever. Right. I mean, like you said it early, none of that matters. If, if you can play UCLA against Rutgers, none of that matters. anymore. Yeah. What matters is what value are you adding? And, and that's going to take time to determine. I, I think that's why the PAC 12 um, quickly, once that news happened, the PAC 12 quickly opened up the opportunity for it to explore its media rights and, and renegotiate that because in order for them to make any moves or, or any moves, meaning expanding themselves mm-hmm. or even the remaining teams or, or programs or schools that are there committing to that future, they need to know what the dollars and cents yeah. are about there. And, yeah. and so it was, the, it was the only move they had at that point to react um, to, to that catastrophic news about their two, top top programs leaving um they had to say yeah go ahead and negotiate right now so from everything that i've read there's a 30-day window that's probably six to eight days deep now um that's why i think the rest of the month's going to be fairly quiet and and then maybe around that first week of august we'll have a better understanding of what those pac-12 schools really think um both about the future of that conference um, about, about their own value. And then also weighing that against, well, if the ACC or the big 10 or the big 12 offer us an opportunity, should we take it? Well, now we know this and we can compare it to this and, 
again, it's going to be about money at the end of the day, as, as much as, you know, the nostalgia and all of us doesn't want that to be the case. That is the case. So um, I, I think that the, the patience comes into play now. And, and, uh, and, and again, I think that's why Kansas is in a good position because they're not out there trying to dictate this or push anything. They are simply trying to be good members of what, at least now appears to be a pretty darn good conference and they don't want to rock the boat at all. Uh, So, you know, I I think that, that it's, it's, you're right. That the, the, the TV negotiations are such a big part of this. And that's why the ACC is, is in a totally different boat, right? Their grant of rights is, is through 2036, 2036, man. I mean, that is 14 years from now. I'll be like 35 by then. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that, and I remember looking at that too. That was in 2016 when they signed that. It was a 20 year deal. And I remember thinking, you're offering that stability or that guarantee of uh, stability might not be the right word, honestly, but the, the premise of stability for 20 years seems a little bit heavy. But you look at what they're facing now. I mean, those schools are in a unique position because of all of that, right? That's 20 years, in which case, there's some kind of understanding that the ACC should, in theory, be held together. I mean, you know, look, these 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 grants of rights, you know, that's just, you know, the rights are media rights, right? It's, it's all of what it is. It's the amount of money these conferences are getting um, from TV partners. And, you know, the thing that's especially interesting is, you know, these these schools can't leave the ACC, theoretically, right? And I, Matt, I mentioned this to you earlier in the week, if I'm a lawyer, which I decidedly am not. You might be able to argue that when you sign these grants of rights and these deals that you're understanding the concept of the conference is construed and it's now changed and you're not getting what you had signed up for. But you look at, at what these conferences are doing, you know, if Miami wanted to leave for the SEC, you know, they are essentially saying the ACC will control all of the revenue, all the ability to generate any revenue from any off-campus any on-campus events for broadcasting through the rest of the agreement. I mean, these schools have, have, have found themselves in a situation with signing a 20 year deal that maybe offers some kind of protection that, that is, I mean, certainly was intended, but it is especially prescient now. So you look at what the big 12 was going to face, you know, the big 10, this was the sign. This whole thing was meant to be, Oh, it was wrapped up and done in a day with UCLA and USC. Well, the Big Ten had said for months that it was going to announce its new TV contracts around Memorial Day. And when that didn't happen for seven weeks, well, it was obviously because of this, because this had been in the works. Right. So right. these whole situations with these rights, you know, you're you're then you're looking at exit fees. Right. I mean, the ACC, I remember seeing something like the ACC's exit fees are between 50 and 100 million dollars, which I mean, that's a hell of a range. But that's a, a lot of an amount of money. Right. I mean. You get you get schools you get uh, Houston and, and UCF and uh, who am I forgetting Houston UCF and uh, Cincinnati agreeing to leave the AAC for what was it seventeen million dollars so 14, yeah. yeah so there you go so like the, just the scale of that alone with the value of these ACC programs and looking to go elsewhere so for sure it, it's just it's so crazy how much of it is tied to money and, and what that all can do for these schools well you're right and it was seventeen you're right and it and, it, and it's and it's paid out over fourteen years basically like a car loan right yeah right and right. and so 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 it's a little over a million 1.2 or whatever that would be for for 14 years yeah but the reason it was a no-brainer 
unlike any car I've ever bought, is is uh, because the value that they're gaining from jumping into a Power Five, what used to be called a Power yeah. Five conference, is so much more than they were making in the AAC that it, it yeah. it's not even a you don't even blink and yeah. and so with the ACC because it's fourteen years. Um, you know, looks, could someone do that still? Sure. They, someone could, Miami could leave the ACC. They could rack up a bill that says, let's, let's for, for easy, for ease of conversation here, let's call it $200 million with exit mm-hmm. fees and, and lost revenues from the broadcasting rights and all that. Let's call it $200 million. And they do that over 20 years on, on a financing agreement, right? What's that? 10 million a year. Mm-hmm. The reason they and did it was to get back. to the ACC or to get to the SEC, where you're making forty or fifty million more a year, you'll pay that back in no time. Yep. I mean, it, 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 you you won't even blink. You let's say they make fifty million or more in the SEC than they would have in the ACC. Well, for twenty years, that's forty million more, and you pay off your debt. I mean, it's crazy how mm-hmm. how. It seems like at face value, something like that, a number like that with the exit fees and all that could just be like, nope, not even going to consider that. Yep. And then the money is so big that it's, it, it's there. The opportunity to consider it and maybe even do it is, is not only there, but also in some very real ways, almost the the right move um well you also have to remember there's the other side of that is in a lot of cases what's the acc's desire or reason for being part of that deal too what's the acc going to get out of that by losing premier programs too so right right. miami's volition can be all it wants and it could find out ways to reach an agreement and pay its settlements and whatever it is but the acc has to get something in return and that's why i think with some of these schools it's going to be very, very hard to do that if only because the ACC knows that the minute it loses one, two, three, four programs, things are plummeting in a hurry and its status is going to take a colossal hit in, in addition to all of the other dominoes that would fall too. So well, yeah, then certainly, about- these schools can have all the desires that they want, but it, it does take two to tango. And, and at this point, those conferences are going to be holding on to every single little bit that they have. For sure. And, and, and if it falls apart to that degree, like you're talking about, like multiple – you know, half a dozen or more schools willing to take that risk. Uh, you know, North Carolina goes to the Big Ten, Virginia mm-hmm. goes to the Big Ten, Clemson, Miami, Florida State to the SEC. There's five right there. You know, at that point, the ACC is holding on for dear life. And yeah, they'll hold them over a barrel, right? But, but it gets awkward. At the <laughs> same messy. time, it's almost then that's when settlement world is. Yep. And Yep. Well, look, we don't want to do this for 20 years. You're breaking yep. up with us. That's fine. So let's just call it a number and settle right now. And, and yep. then it becomes donors get involved and, yep. and, and, you know, university endowments get involved and, and there's, how can we find this money up front to get the hell out of here? I mean, yep. uh, it, it's sad for sure. It, look, there's no way that it's that it's anything but sad that this is what college athletics has become. I, I'm okay with anybody that says that. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, though, that that 
I don't, I used to hate this stuff. I used to, the realignment stuff's fascinating to cover from, from a professional standpoint. It's fascinating. I love it. It's, it's always really, really interesting stuff. And you can, you can work your butt off to try to find out information and, and maybe never find any, but still work hard and have fun. Um, but it, it, it was always, I used to hate it because it just made it feel like college athletics was yep. done. It was crumbling right in front of you. Well, yep. this one doesn't bother me at all. And, and I'll tell you why. And that's because the transfer portal and NIL, those were the final nail for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, was, that was like, look, college athletics is over. What we yep. once knew is done. Yep. And you can cry about it all you want, or you can just accept it and move forward or, or you know, some combination of the two or whatever. Yep. But I think those two things being so prominent and such a regular part of of what we cover and, and what fans watch now and, and a part of the, the conversation of what college athletics is, I think that ended it for me. And, and so now this isn't even worth being mad about. Now this is just sort of a, let's find out what happens. This is fascinating. And, and yep. where's so-and-so going to end up and how long is it going to take? And, you know, all that stuff. So well, you've um, had 12 years of constant demonstrated visible erosion of the concept of college athletics as we yeah, know it. Yeah. Right. Lost, right. You lost Missouri. You lost Nebraska. The conference lost them to A&M, you know, the conference lost Colorado. I mean, every single thing that you took to be fact is gone. Yeah. So, at this point, you're not holding on to anything more than this idealized version of sports. It's never going to return. Right. I mean, right. Like, like all of a sudden, West Virginia is like a core with uh, Big 12 <laughs> member. I mean, that's cool, you know, but take them or leave them. Right. I mean, it's, it's and that's no knock on West Virginia. It's just it's it just shows you that that's that this, this isn't your father's college athletics, right? It's just not. So what's interesting too, and, and then we'll, we'll wrap up here pretty quickly, but, but what's interesting, I think about that, that 20 year agreement with the ACC that you were talking about is um, which was what signed in, in 16. Yeah. So yeah. think about that, right? Like at the time that seemed like a genius move. Like, like you were saying, like, let's lock this thing up. Let's not go through this again. Let's make it so good and so long and so grand that we don't have to worry a bit about it again. To me, that is, is a perfect example of one thing being a really good move in one climate and how you fast forward to now. And it's, it just, I mean, who would do that now? Yeah, yeah. No one would sign a yeah. 20 year grant of rights. At this point, if you sign anything beyond five years, you're probably pretty crazy, <laughs> unless you're in the Big Ten or the SEC. Yeah. If you're there, you sign and you cut your hand open and you sign in blood. I mean, that, <laughs> that's an easy choice, you know, but, but, uh, but any, and, and, and that's just six years ago, right? Yep. It just shows you how how things change so quickly because that seemed like a really good stability inducing move. And and now it it could be the thing that cripples not only the entire conference, but some of those programs that would jump in a second if they could. I mean, Clemson would go to the SEC so fast and they would be welcome with a freaking parade. Right. I mean, so, you know, I, I think that's, that's, the other thing to remember here as we look at what might be on the horizon for the Big 12, 
there's something to be said about it's sort of a bird in the hand thing. Like if, if you're the big 12 and you can move forward for the next five years, 10 years, whatever, feeling pretty good about the fact that you've got a solid conference that, that ESPN or Fox or whoever it is, is, is going to pay each of your members, you know, 55 to $65 million a year. How do you just not say that works for me? Is, is it the hundred million dollar promise of the big 10 and sec? Not even close. Right. But, but it's, it's more than you're used to. It's more than you've had to this point. And it's a solid, solid number that allows you to continue to function as an athletic department on, on a, on a level that you're used to, because if you lose, and there are some, there are some fears out there, I think about some of these programs that, that if this thing all goes crazy and teams start getting left behind, um, man, that, you know, like even K-State, for example. I mean, if if you're K-State and the Big 12 were to fall apart and, and or merge with the Pac-12 and you're not part of that merger, you're, you're going to have to find a way to come up with 30, 40, 50 million dollars yeah. that you're used to having as your operating budget for athletics that just isn't going to be there. It's not going to yeah. be there in another lesser conference. It's not going to be there in any magic tier three rights deal. It's not, it's not going to be there in donorship money. I mean, it's just not going to be there. So um, you want to talk about some, some schools and people that, that are again, looking not to rock the boat. Those are the ones because mm-hmm. as much as the big 12 would be a distant third behind the sec and, and the, and the big 10, if, if that's how this all shakes out, if they can get on that stable plane where they're just knowing 50, $60 million is coming every year, every year, every year, that's probably the safest place in the world to be. Uh, again, anybody that gets an offer will jump in a second. I mean, provided, you know, you, you do the math and deem that that's worth doing um, with, especially with the S or the ACC schools. But, um, but, but short of that, and if you're Kansas and that offer's not coming, I'm not going to say never. I don't, I don't know that never is a smart word to say when you're talking about these things, uh, but I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. It's hard to visualize that how that might happen. Um, but, you know, if, uh, if you have the idea or the opportunity to, to just create that stability, and, and you mentioned stability a long time ago in this, and, and it's, it's not about stability within partnerships or geography or, or even, you know, existence. It's about stability of just being able to operate the way you're used to operating. Yeah, stability right? of future, right? Exactly. Stability of growth or success or performance, even right. just like self-sustaining, self-sustaining there you go. Um, stability, you know, just, sure. just the idea that you can continue to go along the plane that you've been on and, and find some kind of reward and uh, success value from that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. I do think it'll be quiet relatively quiet people are going to keep talking about it because it's fascinating Mm -hmm. but um i don't know that much will happen the rest of the month i don't know that it won't either i'd love to tell you i do but i don't exactly (laughs) wish i did (laughs) (laughs) so i do i wish i had all the answers i wish people asked me for all the answers (laughs) yeah right right yeah there you go um but yeah i i think that you know that window of negotiation in in the in the pac-12 is is really interesting if that's actually a thing and and has been reported accurately um, because then, then those teams have more information. 
and and those schools have more knowledge about not only where they stand but what their future does look yep. like and then you can weigh it against well here's a better offer okay easy easy choice then or or not right but either way that's it, it's also abstract right now it's just hard to it's hard to gauge I guess it's not apples to apples. Is that fair? I mean, it's, it, you don't Definitely. have the whole, you don't have the whole picture in, in, in right. your hands. You don't have every bit of information you need to make any decision, let alone a good decision. So um, it, it, it'll get interesting again in August. So will football and mm-hmm. uh, that will be fun. So Zach's going to be down in Dallas this week at big 12 media days where this will certainly be a topic yeah. um, and that might not be the topic or the only topic, but it will be a big one and people will be asked about it ad nauseum and, and they'll probably get tired of it and you'll get tired of asking and that's what we do. But, uh, but in addition to that, you'll be talking to four Kansas football players and coach yep. Leipold and, and uh, trying to figure out exactly what the path forward is for them heading into year two, which uh, I know a lot of people are excited about. And we'll have all kinds of coverage when that rolls around. Camp starts, remind me, August 2nd. Second. Second. So yeah, three weeks out or so, man. Right. Not far away at all. And that's really scary. Uh, also really cool. Just, <laughs> I hate when summer ends and uh, it, it feels like it never started too. Especially when you're tied to the football cycle because summer happens to end about a month or a month and a half earlier than it does for everybody right, else. <laughs> right. Yeah, very true. Very true. So um, we'll have more uh, podcasts throughout that coverage of camp and, and, and they might not be quite as long as this one is, but we'll try to hit you with as much information about who looks good, who's doing what. And uh, Zach's been doing that all, all off season anyway. Um, there's a lot a lot of new faces and a lot of, uh, a lot of change. optimism and change. Yeah. yeah. So it, it'll be a really interesting year. Good, bad, or ugly. It'll be a really interesting year. So um, for now, we'll end there. It was a heavy, heavy conference realignment conversation here, but it had to be. Uh, I don't, I really don't know what you're talking about if you're not talking about this. This is fascinating stuff. And uh, I don't blame you if you try to ignore it, but if you're interested at all, hopefully that cleared up a little bit, maybe put it all into one nice bubble and package for you to, to digest. And, and uh, we'll, we'll keep our ears open and, and stay on top of it from a Kansas perspective as much as we possibly can. For Zach Boyer, I'm Matt Tate. Thanks for checking out this episode of the KU Sports Hour, and we will talk to you guys again sometime real soon. Take care, everyone.